Welcome to the 76th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. In episode 75 of Ear to the Ground, we heard a presentation by Joanne Birkenkamp on how farmers can get started selling food to local schools. During her presentation, which was part of the recent state meeting of the Sustainable Farming Association of Minnesota, Birkenkamp emphasized the importance of creating long-term relationships with school food service directors. Greg Reynolds is proving just how important such relationships are in a successful farm-to-school endeavor. Greg, along with his wife Mary, own Riverbend Farm, a certified organic vegetable operation west of the Twin Cities. For several years, they've marketed through food co-ops, restaurants, and community-supported agriculture. Last year, the Reynolds added one more customer, the Hopkins, Minnesota School District. At the Sustainable Farming Association conference, Greg talked about the relationship building that went into cultivating the school district as a customer. He also talked about some of the challenges involved and lessons learned. Every reasonable-sized town has a school. Every school has a lot of kids. They feed a lot of, a lot of meals. For example, Hopkins School District has 4,000 kids. It's a small, relatively small district, a tenth of the size of a home. They serve 2,000 meals a day, so that's 10,000 meals a week. Uh, comes out to be 300,000 meals a year. It's a lot of food. And for, for local farms, that's, that's a big market. I mean, that's a huge market. And that's Hopkins. That's one small school. As, and sort of to give you a scale, our season starts in the middle of May, and we sell to independent restaurants, co-ops, and put stuff in our CSA, and we go until the end of November, more or less. We get a little bit going into January. Hopkins School District started buying around Labor Day, their season starts, or their year starts, um, which is late, late in the day for us. Uh, they bought 5% of everything that we sold to wholesale accounts in two months. So they, they came in at the very end and were our sixth biggest account for the year. So they were big. And again, it's a relatively small district. Some of the things that, that I think are um, important about it are um, nutrition is really important for kids and how they learn. Uh, the poster child for uh, farm to school is Appleton, Wisconsin. If you Google Appleton, Wisconsin, um, school food or something like that, they had an alternative high school where all the kids that washed out of high school got sent. And then they, um, Manitowoc uh, Natural Bakery, Natural Ovens, said, we'll pay for a kitchen, uh, we'll, we'll give you the food. They wanted to see if nutrition made a difference for these kids. The, I think the next year the principal said the two big problems were uh, parking and students being late for class. So it changed, it changed those kids' outcomes dramatically. Uh, but there's a ton of research that says when kids get better food, their test scores go up, their attendance is better, and discipline and behavior problems go down. It turns out to be, an, an, at least the way I see it, is it's a pennies-on-the-dollar investment that schools make in improving their funding. So they don't have to spend money on remedial education. They don't have to spend money on detention. They can spend their money on feeding the kids. The kids get a better education, and I think that's what it's all about. I have a little bit different numbers than Joanne. Um, my numbers are that the schools have about 80 cents worth of ingredients um, to, put on, to put together a lunch for these kids. 
And so you can imagine, if you've got 80 cents, you're hungry, it's lunchtime, what are you going to get? Um, so it's a minuscule amount. Uh, one of the things that happens, the way their funding works is, they serve 300,000 meals. The USDA gives them like 20 cents a meal as credit. So they get, uh, I may have this wrong, but they get like $12,000 or something that they can get these free commodities from the USDA. So I go there, meet uh, Barbature, the food service director, and Glenn Hill, and talk about you know farm to school stuff and just kind of, I, I, I say, yeah, I'm happy. I'd be interested to do this. Great. Nothing, and that was in March or whatever. Nothing happens until June. School's out. Must um, yeah, maybe school was out. So I go in for a meeting and and just talk about food and what I think about it and how you know what our farm is like and um, and basically it's the initial sales contact. So I'm there selling what I think, what I believe. It lines up really closely with what you know what they're thinking. Because they, they're in this, they, their job is to give these kids the most nutritious meals that they can so that they're able to learn. And they're absolutely committed to that. And so we had a lot of, you know, a lot of places where it was just perfect alignment. Um, in about August, I got a bid packet in the mail. And it's a list of, you know, it says potatoes, uh, availability, uh, quantity, price, and you know, tomatoes and muskmelons and cucumbers and I don't know, there were a dozen different things on it. And some of them we drove, some we did. Uh, so I put prices, what I thought would have, whether I could meet their requirements for availability or for quantity. Um, they did ask about liability insurance. We've got a million dollars liability insurance. So I sent this in. It was a month later. Barb called back and said, "Well, we want to let you know that we want to work with you. You got, you know, you got the bid." Because when it came down to it. They said, you know, your stuff is absurdly expensive compared to what we get. But what we do is we'll take some of the USDA stuff and save some money there and turn around and buy your stuff and make it work that way. We want to do that. Every week, you know, for our, reg- for our regular accounts, I send out an availability twice a week. Um, it says what I've got, how much is it, the case size, all that kind of stuff. And the schools didn't understand, and I didn't either, that they could order anything off of that list. Once, once I had won the bid, I could sell them anything. But one of the things was carrots, and we don't grow these little nubbin carrots, you know, that are, are turned down on the lathe. Um, we, we grow, I mean, our, it wasn't a great year. We had regular small-sized carrots, but we had orange ones, we had uh, cream-colored ones, white ones, purple ones, and the kids, the well, the cooks weren't used to carrots like that. They don't, they're not set up to peel thousands of carrots. So they just washed them and gave them to the kids. And some of the kids didn't recognize them. They said, you know, like, they pick it up and and, they, and it was probably either purple or white one. And they said, what is this? They have they have food coaches and they would say, you know, just try it. And they would eat them and the you know the carrots were sweet. They weren't like California carrots that are bitter. So they were sweet, and they thought, wow, these are really good. And so the, the, the light-colored ones was a variety called Rainbow. And so every time the kids saw carrots on the menu, they would come in and ask, are we going to have rainbow carrots? <laughs> and what, this, what, what I heard afterwards was that when local pro- and I should have brought them, I guess, but 
the, the schools made up these signs, my picture on it. This is our farmer. Um, this week we're having carrots or potatoes or whatever it is. So they had, um, the kids ate more fruits and vegetables when it was local. And they continued to eat more fruits and vegetables even after that part of it was over. So they developed a taste for fruits and vegetables. And the cooks and cook supervisors were so excited about that. They thought this, this is a really a, a win. One of the, one of the things um, with the menus, menus are set months in advance all the elementary schools have one menus. The, high, the junior high schools have a set of menus. The high school has a different set of menus. When the elementary schools have a potato bar, they all order potatoes. And they order 1,000 pounds, pounds of 3-ounce potatoes because the serving size is 6 ounces. And we don't grow 6-ounce potatoes. We have to do 3-ounce. Um, we had to dig twice as many. We had to dig 2,000 pounds of tomato or potatoes to sort, them, to sort out the 3-ounce ones so they can meet those serving guidelines. You know, we had a portion scale and we'd weigh and this is three ounces. That one's too big. So after this big ordeal, I was doing a delivery um, and I talked to one of the cook supervisors and I said, well, did that work out? Did those potatoes work out? She says, oh, they were great. The kids loved them. It was, it was wonderful. And I said, well, how about the size? And she said, the size is that, you know, if they were small, we'd give them a small one and a big one. Or if they were little kids, we'd give them two little ones. And it's like, so, okay. Get back to sorting. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we'll probably still sort them, but, but not, not worry so much about it. Um, but it's, and one of the things was, it would have been really nice to start with them the year before. So this year going in, I've met with, uh, I've met with the uh, food service director in January, and then two weeks later, I went to one of the cook supervisors meeting and met with them and had you kind of talk to them. What do they like? What do they didn't like? What, you know, what would they change? And they delivered to each school individually. There were nine schools. So we, we would do a separate little delivery run um, to drop off at these schools. And that made it really work for them, that it, it came right to their kitchen. Um, the cook supervisor, and the, you know, we delivered at 7 o'clock in the morning. The cook supervisors would be just getting there. We'd be there. Uh, nobody else in the whole school, the janitor. So I'd have a chance to talk to them and see what, what they think and what they're doing. And they were really, like I said, I, um, a really dedicated, interested group of people that they, they change their menu four times a year. And their menu repeats. So they had two potato bars. And they can tell you in advance when that is so that we didn't have to find out Monday morning that they need 1,000 pounds of potatoes Tuesday morning. So we could start digging them a week in advance and sorting them, and that that was um, that was a real blessing just to know that what's coming. One of the things they had, one of the interesting things is that there were some things that we offered where the case sizes were too large, where they couldn't deal with a case of eggplant. They said if we bought a case of eggplant, we'd retire with this. Um, so they 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 wanted you know five eggplant, and they would make red and. So, and that wasn't a problem, we'll do that. Um, but if I list things by pieces or pounds on my price list, everybody buys them by pieces or pounds. If I list them by cases, people buy them by cases. Then after, so after, after our season is over, I meet with all of our customers in January usually. So meeting with the, with the food service director, we spent two and a half hours talking about food issues. And I had asked, you know, this is one of those things where it's a meeting I don't know what's going to happen. 
you know, restaurants, I'm there every week. I talk to the people. I know the people. Um, some of them I've dealt with for 10 years. Uh, this is a brand new, a brand new customer type. I had questions ahead of time. So I sent those out. I sent those and I said, how did it work for you? Are there things you could have done better? Um, what would you like, if, if there was, what would it be? Um, I was really relieved to find out that a lot of the replies were, it was great. We loved it. But we spent, we spent two and a half hours talking about food, um, what the food buying process is like for schools, uh, the stuff they get from the USDA, the stuff that they get locally, the stuff they don't want to use. They're very in tune with food issues. They are very dedicated, like I said, very dedicated to serving good food to these kids. Um, the cook supervisors me and they talked about that. Um, some of the things that came out of there was, we're going to do a farm visit. So we're going to have them out for, for a farm tour, which they were not, you know, very happy to do, and we'll have a lunch. It's like any other big <coughs> customer. You've got, to, you've got to sell them the farm. They've got to buy the whole farm. The other thing is that one of the schools had a, a small um, farm or school garden. And I said, I would be happy to help with that. Either supply plants or if there's another school. Because one of the things I find is that you know, our, most of our business is restaurants. And so that's my, the most of my experience. Chefs, if I can talk a chef into starting a garden, they are one of the most dedicated customers I've ever seen. Part of it is because they actually taste the food when it's really ready. It's not come off of the back of a truck somewhere. They picked it when it was ripe out of their garden. They know what it's like. They know how it holds up. They know what it looks like, what it tastes like, all of that. So I th and the thing with school kids having it, it's the same thing. They know what it's like. They, you know, they just pulled that carrot out, they wiped it off, and they ate it. One of the schools, I'm going to actually go back and do an in-classroom visit and talk to them about um, our farm, uh, what it's like to, to grow the stuff, how we do it, all of that. All of that. And it's, I think, it, again, it's all sort of building, building that brand, building that relationship between the people that are eating the food and the people that are selling the food. For more on Farm to School initiatives around the country, see www.farmtoschool.org. That's farmtoschool.org. For more on Riverbend Farm, see www.rbfcsa.com. That's rbfcsa.com. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org. Or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.